Peace, what's going down? It's DJ Payne One for BeatStars.com, and today we have a special guest and the rare privilege of speaking to a platinum producer who's doing big things in the industry, but who's also very active and one of the, the many top-selling producers on the BeatStars platform. His name is Dream Life. Uh, we're live from, from some foreign remote location. What's going down, sir? <laughs> hey, Payne, what's good? Good to, good to see you, man. Yeah, I'm happy to do this interview, bro. It's been a while, man. We, we caught up. Uh, with each other at the A3C Beat Stars workshops that we did. And actually, we, we spent a lot of time together, had a lot of conversations, and one of the conversations was, I think, looking around at the table at, at all these other guys that, that are really killing it on the internet, we started to um, notice how young they are. <laughs> and uh, so I hate this question because it yeah. kind of dates us, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So how long have you been making beats? I mean, I, I definitely consider myself a little bit of an old head. Started beats. And, and music in general when I was a kid in school um, I always did music played a little bit of the keys tried to play the drum and it kind of just evolved from there I remember I think maybe when I was 15 or 16 I uh, got uh, got the MPC 1000 stack of records stack of my dad's records and literally just started flipping any sample that I thought sounded dope didn't really play the beats to anyone and just kind of did it as a hobby just something you know that I was always naturally drawn to it just evolved from there. Uh, later on, I went to college and studied audio engineering. Get sort of, I, I got a bit more familiar with the recording aspects of music, and naturally evolved into making beats. Always massively into hip hop, so that's kind kind of where it went. So just to put things into perspective for aspiring producers who who feel kind of frustrated with their perceived lack of progress, how long did it take for you after you started making beats to actually get your first major placement? Yeah, about 12 years, um, you know, and that was 12 years of just sort of making beats and being in the lab and working on my craft. When I did start in the UK, I did work with a few sort of well-known rappers in London, but it wasn't really paid work. You know, they weren't selling a lot of records around that time for that type of hip, the type of hip hop I was doing. But at the time, I would have called it called it a placement if you asked me. So I always sort of had confidence in my own ability, but to get a big placement, it took it took a long. A long time. This is important to note, just because it's it's so new, especially for for people like us who have been doing this for a long time, you know, before the internet era. Prior to getting your your first major placement, which I believe was Kevin Gates, correct? Correct. Prior to doing that, you were still making a living off of beats, but you were doing it all through the internet. Yeah. Um, so I um, started selling beats online around four years ago. It's about four and a half years ago. Um, started a YouTube page, a, a profile on a couple of the beat selling uh, marketplaces. And I was really just doing it part time. I'd sort of sell a beat here and there, but I wasn't taking it too seriously until I started to upload more and more beats and the sales started to get a bit more regular. And then after that, I started to look into the marketing. And actually around the time that I, was, that I started selling beats online, I was still working a nine till five sales job. So in my free time, you know, I'd literally just be making beats, trying to upload beats. But I really didn't have any time to study marketing and study what other beat makers were making. So yeah, I wasn't making a ton of sales. I was just sort of making sure that my catalog got up there and be honest, I was just doing it more for fun uh, than anything else, just as sort of a hobby, and it developed into something else and kind of took on a life of its own. So here's a follow-up question to that. There are a lot of producers now who are also getting frustrated about their internet sales, and say say a producer has just started, say they just signed up for yeah. uh, the BeatStars platform, for example. They haven't gotten a sale yet. They're starting to get a little discouraged. 
What advice would right. you give them as far as building their infrastructure to the point where they're actually getting sales and getting plays and, and interest in their in their production? Yeah, that's actually a great question. You know, I think all the top sellers now have, have been in that position. I certainly was there. So, you know, I can only really say what worked for me and, and sort of what I concentrated on was really just creating my own lane and just making sure that I, I had a sound that was true to me that I felt that I feel that I'm good at and not, and just really work hard on it. Um, I think it's important to work on your strengths and get better at your strengths and trying to strengthen up your weaknesses. You know, so in other words, find a particular style that you're really good at and just work on it day in, day out. And what you'll start to do is generate your own sound and you'll start generating a demand for people that are looking for that particular sound. The internet's a massive place and there's people out there that are really looking for every type of beat. So you just have to find the people that are interested in the particular beats that you make, the style that you make and market to them. Um, it's not a short-term plan. It's definitely a long-term plan. But if you keep putting good content out in your lane, eventually people will start to find you and they'll buy beats off you based on the fact that you have your own sound. So that's the first sort of and main point that I'd make for someone that's struggling at the moment. Secondly, um, I see a lot of producers that complain about beat sales, but then they've only got like 15 beats in their catalog, 20 beats. And realistically, a lot of the top sellers, I mean, a lot of these guys, and, and we have sort of over 200 beats in our catalog, 150 beats. So I'd say you need at least 50 beats to make it worth someone coming to your page and spending time and investing their time to get to know your product. So I definitely take some time out before you start thinking about beat sales to make sure that you have the product in place. And then third, and, and this is something that I, that's always been a, a sort of a big one for me is like, you got to realize that everything is not for everyone. So don't focus on the people that don't like your music. Focus on the people that do like your music. You know, not everyone's going to like your beat. You're going to get a lot of criticism when you put art out there in general into the world. You're asking for criticism. And that's just part of the game. But you've got to realize that there will be people that like your music as well. So focus on the positive rather than the negative And don't sit on beat. Don't have 100 beats, 200 beats on your hard drive. Because if they don't come out, it's like you never made them, you know. So put your music out there, let the world judge, and um, and just make sure you got enough content out there. That that would be my main three sort of pieces of advice for starting out. So let's let's backtrack for a second. You said you started selling beats online about four and a half years ago. Was that before or after the tight beats? method for labeling beats became the dominant strategy? I think it was pretty much around the same time. When I did start uploading beats to YouTube, there were definitely other people uh, marketing type beats. It's hard for me to say how much, uh, you know, how much before that, but I was definitely there, you know, when YouTube started getting popular. I uploaded a lot of type beats in my time and it's kind of taken off and it's kind of like its own little subgenre now, which I'm sure we'll get we'll get onto. But it was around the same time I'd probably say. Yeah, I remember we were all in a room, a lot of a lot of producers in a room sometime at, at during uh, A3C. I don't I don't wanna misquote the person because I don't remember who said it. It was you were there, the crates, DG, some other people were there, uh, B Demons, Boundless maybe. Somebody mentioned that they thought pretty much every producer hated making tight beats just because it feels like you're you're pigeonholing yourself. But right. it's also really effective. So what is your opinion on how to utilize tight beats while still maintaining your creativity? Great. 
yeah, I, I like this question because I, I really believe that out there, and especially in the industry and in certain parts online, there's a misconception in regards to what a type beat actually is. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, don't send that, don't send me any type beat. Um, I read that today, know, I, actually. <laughs> yeah, which I think um, does show a bit of a misconception in, in what people think that a type beat may be. So let's use Drake type beat for the example. So when Dream Life myself makes a Drake type beat, it's not me going to his catalog, listening to what he's already done and trying to remake something in that sound or that vibe. Basically what it is, is if Drake was going to walk in my studio door right now and I had to play him a beat, what would I play? That's what I do when I make a Drake type beat. It's still my sound. It's still going to be something that's 100% me and original in my case. I'm marketing it towards people that would potentially be interested in the same types of beats that Drake raps on. So it's still 100% original. It, that, you know, we're not out here copying other producers. You know, so I think that's one of the misconceptions. I even heard someone get mixed up between a beat remake and a type beat. You know, you can't blame people for, for not knowing because, you know, the information is not readily available. And if you just started looking for beats online, you might not know. But just from my perspective, to clarify, any beat that I make, I try to make it original. And when I put a type beat next to it, it's because I'd like to market it towards people that like that sound. That's all it is, really. It's taken a life of its own, and it's gotten to be this really deep subject, but I really just think it's a marketing strategy. And that's all it really is. I want to pick up on something that you said about the industry having a misconception about type beats and internet producers. I feel like that distinction between the industry on the one hand and the internet on the other hand is is really being blurred now, especially, you know, talking to you, there's a Kevin Gates plaque in the background, and here we are talking about you selling beats online. So you got people like Cash Money AP, Taz Taylor, so on and so forth, signing these high-profile publishing deals with record labels, yeah. you know, Warner Brothers, APG. It seems to me that 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 distinction is it's almost non-existent at this point the fact that, that that you're doing both is interesting how did you end up getting your first industry placement my first indus industry placement as we uh, just mentioned it was kevin gates it was on the album isla it was actually the opening track called not the only one and that was a collaboration between me and a producer out of atlanta named go grizzly we've been sending ideas back and forth for a little while um and grizz was actually already plugged in with kevin gates he'd worked on um a few of his prior projects he was able to send that to him and get that to him and, and you from what I understand and what I've heard, that really connected with Kevin. The song came out. I was super happy when I heard it. And I've gotten really good feedback from the track as well. And I was actually a Kevin Gates fan at the time, still am. So, you know, it was a pretty big deal for me. And I was, I was pretty proud of the, the finished project. Just, just to be clear, and I think this is, this is really great motivation for the aspiring producers, especially the, the internet producers. And it, it's great clarity for those who may have misconceptions. If you never got another industry placement you would still be making a living off of doing what you love right by selling beats on the internet to outsiders yeah absolutely I, I think the way that i look at it personally is that um for me the music's always come first you know so the bottom line for me is if i can sit down every day and make the music i want to make um and get paid for doing it that's all i really want to do all of the placements the plaques and the glamour and the glitz that's all good but i'd definitely be happy enough just sitting here uh, making the music i want to make it it really motivates me to 
just work on my sound and get better and better and also work with other producers um i you know i really enjoy collaborating uh with a lot of you guys i've collaborated with you uh quite often pain as well so it's a really good climate at the moment for for, for the online producer in my opinion I mean, it's definitely a viable viable business plan to live offbeat but like i said you just got to have your own lane so you know I'm, I'm definitely happy with how it's going and you know motivate to just kind of see where we where we can all take it because i mean there's there's so many dope producers out there now and especially online that i'm hearing so it's you got to stay motivated as well and you know there's definitely a lot of inspirational stuff out there let's talk some more motivation then your story was really interesting when you told it to me a little while ago which was you you actually didn't have that strong of an infrastructure as far as your business was concerned you know your business of selling beats was concerned before you quit your job and just went all in you know when you're working a nine to five and i'm sure all of you guys can relate to this it's like you work for your nine to five you struggle through that and then the first thing you want to do is like just turn the beat machine on and just rock out then to have to go and look at marketing and look at youtube and look at seo and look at all of that kind of stuff for me at the time it just wasn't something that i wanted to do and i think my beat business starting out suffered for that if i could go back and and sort of start again from when i started selling beats online i definitely would have put more time into looking at marketing techniques how to sell beat rather than just focusing solely on the beat. So when I quit my nine till five, you know, like I mentioned when, when we spoke about it, I really wasn't in a good place financially. I didn't have much money to live off and it was actually a massive risk for me. At the time, it was kind of one of those where I, where I was like, okay, well, shit, am I actually going to do this or am I just going to stay working this nine till five, like plodding along? So I just had enough one day and I'm sure, you know, we've all been there. Um, and I kind of just said, you know what, I'm just going to go all in. I put everything I had into just making beats and then figuring out how to market them. Mostly all the information that I got was from YouTube. You know, YouTube's uh, an amazing resource in terms of marketing. Quit the job. I went all in and things just started to fall together. My catalog got bigger. I probably only had 30, 40 beats when I quit my job. And so it allowed me to work on it in a lot more detail. And I just went all in. So you learned a lot of marketing techniques watching YouTube videos. What was one marketing tactic that you can say is probably one of the most effective as far as as what you learned to do? <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm going to say that at the time it was tight beats. Looking at that and going and sort of figuring out tight beats that people hadn't already used and that weren't super saturated, that was definitely something that helped me. I looked at tight beats where... Someone might search for that, but you maybe only get 15 to 20 searches for that a day. But because it's so niche, when someone does search for it and it's in exactly that sound, then they're probably going to want to know more about you. So I'd say that was the first thing. It's a little bit more difficult to do that now because YouTube's a lot more saturated. But I'd say there's still, there's definitely still some sort of open ground out there of stuff that you can tap into. So last question before we close everything out. Your geographic situation is interesting to me. You're, you're from the UK. You, you started to, to make beats for a living. And rather than move to LA or move to New York, which is what a lot of people would tell an aspiring producer to do, you moved to Panama. The, the primary reason for that um, at the time of moving here was actually because I wanted to pick up a second language. I wanted to learn Spanish. So I came over here and um, took lessons and picked up the language, um, ended up meeting my wife out here, and I'm still out here. So 
that was kind of the main reason. But, you know, something that, that made it all possible was the fact that I was selling beats online, that I can be here in Panama and still marketing my beats to people. Um, you know, I have clients in Japan, China, Korea, Russia, all over Europe and obviously the States. So the fact that I can be in one place here, which, you know, is a pretty remote place, I mean, it's, you know, five hours away from the States, but you know, the fact that I can be here and still market it worldwide is, is definitely something kind of amazing when you think about it. So all these artists from across the world and all these producers from across the world that, that want to get in contact with you, get your beats, download your sound kits, download your sample packs, how do they do that? Uh, for producers, my, I have a website called thesamplelab.com. I've just released my first product uh, product a little while ago it's mainly all live um analog recorded samples it's really sort of soulful stuff a lot of jazz in there nice stuff to flip so yeah you guys can check that out um really affordable samples there's a lot of you know that there's a lot of good content there and artists uh my website is www.dreamlifebeats.com you can check my catalog out there there's probably more than 150 beats up um, beats with hooks, a lot of hip hop stuff again. And also, I think the best way to connect with me personally is on IG, Instagram, at Dream Life Beat. Hit me up, DM me, connect with me, let's, let's um, sort of move forward. Yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. Cool, man. And I could definitely co sign the, the sample kiss. I've been making beats with them lately. Appreciate you sitting down and taking the time Thank to share you. your wisdom and experiences with us uh, here on the, the worldwide internet producer community. <laughs> so appreciate that. Much, much continued success to you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it.